0: If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezik. Yeah, Vegas, baby. Vegas, it is the Even Money Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, classic journeyman. So good to be back. In the saddle with my buddy, Steve Fezzik, after a couple weeks off for various travel reasons. He is the only, and I repeat, only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling. It's the Super Contest at the Westgate. You should follow him on social media like I do. He's actually kind of hilarious on it, at Fezzik Sports. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. So if you're on a social media platform, I pretty much am too. I either tweet about football, beer, or food. Those are kind of my things. Those are the things I post about for the most part. Videos, pictures, whatever. We are at Ross Tucker Pod, meaning you can get clips to these shows Not only this one, but the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, College Draft. You can get the highlight clips at Ross Tucker Pod, Twitter, and Instagram. That's also where the show gets posted right away so you know when a new episode is up. And of course, everything we do now is on YouTube as well. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. We will get into some email questions today. We will get into syndicates because I got, to be to be kind, I got a lot of feedback on last week's episode, so I would like to discuss it with Steve. But first, Steve, we must start with you have an MLB All-Star Game bet, which is tonight which means we need to say that right away and get this show up and posted so that people can take advantage of it. Give it to me, Steve. So I'm all over the under. I
1: played the under at eight. The eights are moving to seven and a half. It's fine to play under seven and a half. Obviously I prefer the eight, but uh, perfect storm here. MLB all-star games in general go under and it makes a lot of sense. The best pitching stops the best hitting further. The best pitchers when they only have to throw one inning can bring their very best stuff. And because it's it's a cross league, the hitters haven't seen those pitchers at all or very much during the course of a year. So there's a reason why we've seen, I think it's 12 and three to the under the last 15 All-Star games. Further, this game's in Dodger Stadium with a twilight start. 4.30 local time, so it's going to be a little bit difficult for the batters with the lighting on the twilight start. And one more glitch on top of all of this. We're always worried about extra innings in baseball games we, that can kill our under. Well, this game has a rule that it's going to be decided, Ross, with a, a shootout, essentially. Home run shootout if it's tied after nine innings. Um, Jeff... Benson at Circa has already confirmed if you bet at Circa and it's 3-3 at the end of nine innings that is going to be the graded final score three to three in terms of the total so none of the runs in extra innings will count towards the total in this shootout all the more reason I really like the under under seven and a half best bet
0: I was just going to ask you about that because I he- I heard about that this morning the like mini home run derby that they would have if it's a tie. And I was wondering how that would be greater for the over under. I'm glad you, I'm glad you knew the answer. I have two questions on that. Now, listen, I don't follow baseball very closely. I'm pretty uh, open about that. Baseball season conflicts with my drinking and beach season. So I just don't follow it that closely. I like going to a game if it's not too hot, I like having a hot dog, you know, I like the fuel of the ballpark, but honestly, I'm just as happy going to a minor league game as I am a major league game. I don't really, I can't tell the difference. They're all throwing 90 miles an hour. They're all hitting it far. Like what's the difference to me? I don't, I don't know. Most of their names anyway, uh, but you said two things. I thought were interesting. I want to get your take on it. Number one, about the different pitcher each inning, and they can bring their best stuff. Because a lot of people complain about starting pitchers not having complete games, not going late into the outing like they used to back in the day. There used to be all these complete games. All Now they're all on pitch counts. And the thought process is it's all for health and preservation. They don't want these guys to get hurt et cetera, et cetera, Steve. But what you just said is on some level, part of why they bring in these more relievers now in the middle innings, right? I mean, what you just said is, is partially why they do that. They bring in these guys for one inning or uh, a couple batters that, you know, are specialists. They can give, they can give all their best for that, for that smaller outing. You nailed it. The analytics people
1: hate the baseball managers where they let the starters face the the lineups the third time through or even worse the fourth time through the vast majority of pitchers regress big time when they start going the third time through the lineup so it is rarely wrong in terms of maximizing the chance of winning any one ball game to pull your starter after he's faced 18 batters now the problem with that is that it will tax your your bullpen severely by the end of the year but if, you, if you're just trying to maximize winning any one individual game, unless you've got a, a Max Scherzer or an absolute stud pitching, you really should get him out of there after he's faced 18 batters.
0: The other thing you said, you know, the home run derby was last night. By far, Steve, by far the most interest in baseball I've seen on my social media timeline the whole season. The home run Derby has got to be the most talked about watched event, maybe other than the world series, maybe more than the world series. So my question for you, Steve is, and, and people are going to kill me for this. Like, At what point do they say, you know what? Somehow we got to incorporate that more into what we're doing here. That's what people like, you know? I mean, there's the XFL, you know, there's the USFL. At what point does somebody just come up with like a home run derby league where you go and you just watch individuals go against each other, hitting dingers, and, you know, maybe it's an hour instead of three hours and you're happy. Well, golf has a long driving
1: championship, right? And people watch that. So I. But that's not
0: as cool. That's not as cool as a home run derby. Like hitting the ball far is cool, but it's not a home run. You know. You know, I I
1: I gotta say that I think MLB and these major sports leagues they, they they get it all wrong so many times. It just drives me crazy. An example is this home run derby. It Used to be you could take pitches, wait. And it was optimal there was no clock and you'd wait for the perfect meatball to hit a home run and it's so boring the ball's never in play they finally fixed it just have a running clock and you how many home runs can you hit in a certain amount of time such a better system that they finally got to you know mlb i'm gonna throw mlb under the bus here they changed the rules about the total and betting is such a big part of america and they don't even disclose what's going to happen in this home run derby. What's the final score going to be if the National League Homers three times and the American League of Homers two and you are 3-3 going into the 10th the inning? Um, you know, this is stuff you absolutely have to have your ducks in a row and recognize that betting is such a big influence on your audience. People need to know what the rules are, for gosh sakes, not, oh, we'll let you know later what the final score and how we're going to tabulate it.
0: Yeah, that's, um, that, that's a really good point. Really good point, Steve. The other point I would make that people need to know, clothing from Express is awesome. I mean, there's a couple different ways you could go. You could be like me and get some new vintage inspired polos with the different collar details, fabrics, textures. You could get some new lightweight linen suits. If you got some summer weddings coming up, they've got awesome denim with the just right stretch, which is important. You can get very comfortable denim. Find an outfit for every destination at Express, online, or in store. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the
1: ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get
0: it done. Okay, Steve, we got to talk about something. We got to talk about betting syndicates. And... I want to start with this. What is a betting syndicate, Steve? And what is it not? So a betting syndicate is more than one person working
1: together, uh, betting and sharing the results. The most simplistic betting syndicate would be two dudes, Ross. And they just say, you know, we're going to combine our forces. We are going to pool our money together. Let's assume they put the same amount of money. They each put 100 grand in. So they got 200,000. And now they're gonna share all their bets and go 50-50 on all the results. And then it can scale upwards from that. The betting syndicates, my experience has been that most betting syndicates vary in size from two eh, to about 10. Once you get past 10 people, it really becomes difficult to manage everything. I'll use like, you know, maybe one of the biggest betting syndicates was the Billy Walters group. So Billy, um, his syndicate, he would employ, I believe four to six handicappers that would give them all their numbers on their game. So these were people that weren't actually part of the betting part, but he was paying to provide information about who they liked each individual week. And then Billy Walters would have multiple guys actually betting for him that weren't actually getting a percentage of the results, but um, well, they were getting a percentage of the win that would happen. And this is documented in the sharp money Um, So the better would win like 20 percent of of for the year of the bets that profited. And then there might be investors, people putting in different percentages that um, they might just um, invest money without actually actively being part of the syndicate. But for it to be manageable and get the accounting right, my experience has always been it works real well when the number of people, the big partners are less so once you get to about 10 people you wind up doing accounting all day long instead of actually being able to work and do it effectively
0: can a betting syndicate have 100 people steve no a betting syndicate 100 people would just be too much
1: to be fair i mean i've i've got thousands of clients that buy my picks on some things all right they're not part of my syndicate these are people that are completely independent that I'm giving betting advice to and I'm saying, play the MLB game under tonight. That's not part of my syndicate. That's a
0: client that's totally different. Got it. So what is a betting syndicate not? What is not a betting syndicate? A betting
1: syndicate is not someone where it's one way, where I'm just providing information from A to the person point B and the person at point B never interacts with me other than just asking a general question about how do I get your services, Fezzik, and how do I get your plays? The the people that are part of a syndicate, there's interaction. They can pick up the phone. They can talk to me. They can make suggestions about bets to be made. Obviously, that takes up a lot of time. I don't have time to talk to 100 people every day, every week. That just isn't going to happen. Um, I will say this, along with people being directly part of a syndicate, there's also outside people I'll use an example of my friends like bill crackman is not part of my betting syndicate very sharp better i will talk to him like three times a week and share information about what i'm playing i've already bet something i'm like hey this is a good bet cfl i uh i really like this week uh hamilton bc to go over 51 shared it with bill he might say hey, you know what fez i can still get you an over 51. You want some. So he's not part directly of, of, of any syndicate I'm working with, but I work one-on-one with them selectively
0: on things. Got it. Okay. Reason why I'm bringing this up is because last week's guest, you know, I'll be the first one to tell you, I don't know anything about betting syndicates. You know, I I, I don't know anything about betting I'm I'm, you know, I like to pick the NFL games. I like to bet on the NFL games with you guys here on the Even Money Podcast, but I don't know anything about uh, betting syndicates. I thought some of the answers didn't totally make sense to me um, and were a little bit surprising, but I don't really know any different, Steve.
1: Yeah, and so what happens when you ask someone, well, define your syndicate, and they kind of do – it's an answer. I don't want to get into politics, but sometimes some of the politicians, when they answer a question, it's like they're not even answering the question. They're just like talking about syndicates and the like, and it's almost like, well, can you just, can you give me it so a fifth grader can understand, you know, or give me a real life example. I was in a betting syndicate, like with a a group called the Hizzle Group back in the early 2000s. And we had Hizzle, we had David, um, I don't think you'd mind me saying David Hill, he owns a bunch of casinos in Washington now. And these guys were some of the most motivated guys ever. So every morning, we were all partners. We're all about, you know, one third each. We were the investors. We put up the money and we had like three guys running around Vegas everywhere. This is before betting apps were around and they would go ahead and put in bets. Now it's illegal to pay a better to bet for you. So we, they were like three, five percent of the overall fund, if you will, without putting any money in. Um, and we wound up um it was like a six-man group, and I can tell you, just having six people all working together, very type A personalities, there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of stress. Like if you couldn't get a hold of a guy at 8 30 a.m, you're like, where are you? What's going on? Um, and we were all working like 16 hours a week. It's not like, you know, we were just like slacking and the like. So I can only imagine trying to have a like Dozens of type A's all working together. I don't think it would work, Ross. And, and think about this. If you have 100 people in a syndicate and they're all equal, and you bet $10,000, it's hard to bet $10,000. Good luck trying to get $10,000 on Hamilton BC over 51. Well, it's $100 each. Is that going to pay the bills to make a $100 bet? You hit 55%, you have a 5% ROI. <laughs> Woohoo! I just made $5. That's
0: <laughs> um, So... Next week we're going to have Chris Farley join us at Farley Bets. He got fifth in the Circus Sports Million uh this past year, made 114 grand for for that fifth place finish. 68% ATS hit rate a year ago. Looking forward It, it turns out Steve he's from my hometown. So I'm looking forward to talking uh, with Chris, he's younger than me and uh, went to sort of a rival high school. So that'll be great. I'm mentioning that because the week after that, it'll be August 2nd. And we will be diving into, you know, starting to get into how you bet preseason games and the like. Maybe we'll have one more guest. Maybe we'll save it till the next week to dive into preseason games. But that's the, that week right there is when the Hall of Fame game is you know, in in two weeks. So I'm mentioning that because we have a backlog of emails. We have a lot of people, Steve, that like to ask you questions, and you can do so by emailing me, ross at rosstucker.com. We have an incredible resource in Steve for you guys to be able to ask your betting questions. Anybody can email me a question. As a reminder, if you take advantage of one of our sponsors – either that you hear me say on the show or myfrontpagestory.com or you see it on the sponsors page at RossTucker.com, you go to the top of the queue. And we have so many emails, Steve, that we actually have your own intro. It's time to ask Steve. Ever wanted to ask a professional sports better a question? It's time to ask Steve. Absolutely love that. Great job by producer Brian in getting that. All right, the first one comes to us from one of our patrons, Steve. This is uh, my buddy, Norm. He became a patron at patreon.com slash rtmedia, which, by the way, I'm glad I'm mentioning this. We post, you know, one of our patrons, Sean Grady, Grades, he posts all of our bets each week during the NFL season. On our Patreon. We, we have a private Slack channel. He posts it there. So, for whatever it is, 10 bucks a month, you don't have to write down, you know, what Steve and I say here on the show on Tuesday mornings. So, anyway, so Norm is one of our patrons. Patreon.com slash RT Media. He said, what kind of gambling degenerate is betting NBA Summer League? I can't believe they have lines. And my initial thought, Steve, on this was, to me, this is one of the differentiators that I have found between recreational bettors and professional bettors. Professional bettors will bet on anything and everything if they think they have an edge. Like you on CFL. Like you on WNBA. People that are really recreational, they're like, oh, you got to be a degenerate to bet on that stuff. I don't bet on that stuff. I just bet on the NFL or college football. Professional bettors like you, Steve, you don't look at it that way.
1: Yes, and it helps because I'm currently not part of a syndicate. I just share information back and forth with some people. So 100% of the money I bet, I risk. So I don't have to worry about these low limits. Why do syndicates not bet the NBA Summer League? It's not that it's not beatable. It's not that you can't get some great information if you you know are following all the teams and who might be more motivated, who might not be playing their star player that day. But the limits are so low, it just, it's, it's too little by the time you spread it all out to make anything. But for individual betters, the NBA Summer League is a great choice. Same with the WNBA. I'll use an example. I gave out New York Liberty last night, plus eight. Barstool had nine, by the way. I gave out plus eight because that was the widely available number. Great bet. I won't get into all the reasons. I doubt anyone cares. Now that now the Liberty only getting five. Well, if I had to bet the game now, I'd lean to the Connecticut Sun at minus five, just a little bit. But you see my point. When am I when am I ever in the NBA going to get a three point differential? You know, betting the night before, unless I've got you know that that information. It happens all the time on these on these lesser sports. So um, NBA Summer League, cockroach racing, pretty much anything that we can have an edge and we can get down. Hot dog eating. Joey Chestnut. Think about it, Ross. Joey Chestnut hot dog eating. Over, under, 74 and a half. The world record was 76. Set by himself. Dude is injured. Dude can't walk. Dude's coming in on the sticks. And he's going to suddenly be able to set a world record? Does that sound like a, a, a likely or a plausible thing? Or something that's very unlikely? A lot of people I know made, made good coin. Fading Joey Chestnut, All-American Hero, in the hot dog eating contest. A lot of unders, huh? A lot of unders. I think he consumed 63 dogs. Having to choke out the protester probably didn't help him.
0: <laughs> All right. Then we got Dave from New Jersey, Steve. And he said, hi, guys. Use the DraftK- I use the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Big fan. Steve, I hear betting unders – is more profitable in the long run. Do you have a specific strategy for choosing your unders to bet? Is there a sport or bet you find easiest to find profitable under wagers? Thanks, Steve Dave. From New York. So he's talking about any sport. And he just he just wants to get in on your uh, on your. I, I initially thought he was talking about NFL games or football games. He's just saying, okay, you always talk about unders. Under what? How? Well, how timely is this with the MLB All-Star game going today and we just spoke about
1: how the markets are irrational and they price this based upon really good hitters and they ignore the fact that the pitchers have the edge and it's old, the numbers always too high. So betting the MLB All-Star game under is very rarely a bad idea. Um, Part of the reason that unders are so much better than overs, uh, let's talk season wins, by example. Um, Let's say you're looking at a team like the Cowboys and their season wins right around 10. You're never going to find a nine and a half ever. You're never going to get a rogue low number because the public is betting these bets over. The fans of the team's bet over. However, if you're betting unders, you get rogue numbers all the time you're going to be able to find a a 10.5 on the Cowboys. You're going to be able to get that extra half point on the high side because the books get a little bit overloaded. They move up a little bit, and this happens every year in the Super Bowl. If the total in the Super Bowl is 48, you're always going to be able to find a 49 at a recreation shop. You're never going to be able to find a 47. So when you're shopping around and you're looking for rogue numbers, you're going to get much better value betting unders than betting overs. So even if the market number goes over under right around 50 percent there's still going to be select opportunities if you have enough outs and enough places
0: around the world and in the us to play under that's so that's an interesting way to look at it so basically the way to do it is just keep doing research and look for the one number that that isn't in line with everybody else it'll always be to the over to the high sides. So that's the one you hit on the under Exactly right. So the it wouldn't be unusual. Colorado Rockies game. If the total is eleven.
1: I'm never going to see a ten and a half, but there'll be an eleven and a half at a, at a at a place or two. Not unusual at all.
0: You say recreational book. I guess what I don't understand about that is, I would think they would be the most likely one to be with the consensus. What everybody else is doing initially ross so what's a recreational
1: book oh boyd gaming station casinos treasure island golden nugget so they'll start with where the market is and guess what their limits are pretty low and they go ahead and ask people not to play tell people select people uh that they can't play against them so there's no sharps playing against these guys and so what happens is you Getting, they get overloaded, so the public just bets over, 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 and they look at they pull it up in the spreadsheet they're like, Oh, we have 9,000 on this game over, and we got 1,000 on the under. We better move it to 11 and a half and get to start getting some two way action. So they'll move that.
0: That makes sense. You know what else makes sense? Following this man on social media at Fezzix Sports, he is awesome. I can't believe we are two weeks away. From being able to bet on a professional football game in the National Football League. That's amazing. I'm at Ross Tucker, NFL. Don't forget to sign up to be a patron. Now's the time to do it. Patreon.com slash RT Media or take advantage of any of our sponsors if you want to ask Steve a question for next week, the week after, whatever. It is just about here, just about time. Really fired up, by the way, about next week's episode. With Chris Farley, it should be good. Other than that, good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be
1: found.